How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law, Thomas McCoy, and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Always entertaining. You never get tired of that. That is did just. You, did you insane. feel the up pitch at part I, of it where it's I, never been done before? I did. So, how, what what was the? Um, I was inspired to to raise the uh, pitch for a second. I, I think it was great. It was great. It was it was it was on pitch. It was you know, it was one of those moments that I think is now embedded in the Doctor Joe Show history. I don't think I can replicate it though. Uh, so we'll just play the track over and over again. It was just so good. Done. I just done. want the audience to know that we have never done that, and we never will do that. It will we always will. be an, an original moment at the beginning of the Dr. Joe show with Mark Stiles giving that wonderful introduction. I'll commit to that. I can Better or worse. And we, we have uh, an, a guest tonight. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, usually I have Tom introduce our guest, but, Tom, if you don't mind, I'm going to punt this over to Mark because Mark and our guest go way back. Mark, take it away. Yeah, I actually have to think about how far back we do go. It goes back to um, the South Shore YMCA, where this gentleman taught uh, a pretty hardcore boot camp class that you had to wake up really early in the morning to commit to. And it was a lot of fun. And he's since created a, a passion for himself in, a, in an event that is for a very special charitable cause for him that requires a boot camp type of training. It's an endurance, uh, not it's an endurance, but um, I, I'll, I'll let him explain what that event is, but it's for type one diabetes. When he was 20 or 21 years old, he was uh, diagnosed with type one diabetes and personally trains people, personally trains the physical body of other people in a way that makes you really think, okay, if this guy is doing this, then I got to do this. This gentleman's name is Tyson Sonnenberg. Welcome, Tyson. Welcome. Uh, thank Tyson. you for having me. Glad to be here again. Uh, again. Yeah, you're, you're becoming a regular. He's right, the Tyson? Alec, this he's is the like Alec Baldwin of the, uh, he's Alec Baldwin of the Dr. Joe yeah. show right now. Right. He's the number one. I think he's the number one guest. This is probably the fourth time, right? I think uh, it sounds about right. So, yeah. Yep. So it's a little different. We're not going anywhere after this, though. It's usually the, the, uh, it's usually the, uh, the fish, the hook, line, and sinker when you have somewhere to go after the show. It's did you true. sing? Did you sing last sing? time? Of course I did. If, you, if I'm going there, man, I'm singing. What did you sing? Remind me. Oh, geez. It was really bad. Um, the first time it was um, Sweet Caroline. The last time I really don't remember. I remember the Sweet Caroline. It was I great. Do, yeah. That was it two was years great. ago. Yeah, yeah. well, because this is just kind of just shouting half the time. <laughs> well, it's smart. What you did is what you do every day as you played to the crowd, mm -hmm. right? You, knew, you right. knew who would help you. You knew exactly 
that that song would be sung by everyone in the bar to to just help you through. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and just so people know, yeah, it's, it's, a local, it's a local Chinese restaurant, Ming Dynasty, and we used to go and do karaoke after every show. Uh, and our guests would come. You guys, and you guys, uh, can you guys live stream from there one time? We did. We did. We did a live stream show from there too. That's right. Yeah. We yeah. did so, a show on the psychology of karaoke and how it makes you feel and how it, um, how the community will do it. Yeah. Right, and yeah. we realized that there were three types. I mean, we're, we'll just review the karaoke. There was the the soloist. Um, there was the never alone. And then there was the would rather have root canal without anesthesia. Might need an acronym <laughs> for that, but I, we'll, we'll come up with an acronym. Yeah, but anyway, those days will be back. Those days will be yeah. back. Those this, days will be back. The COVID won't be here forever. The COVID. The COVID forever. Be gone one day, just like a miracle. But you know that that is part of what I want to talk about because you know Tyson, type one diabetes. You know we know that there are certain people who are considered higher risk should they get COVID. And that, that really is something that I, I want to talk about right away. We go right to the biological domain because that's really part of what we're going to be focusing on tonight. So what do you know about that? Why, why is it so much worse? Well, anytime a diabetic is, is fighting an illness, the, the body response is, um, you know, it, it can be different for everybody. But most of the time, your blood sugars go up when your body's fighting something. It's a stressor. Um, they actually say that a stressor sometimes is a reason um, that uh, a lot of diabetics actually, you know, get the uh, they get the diagnosis because some kind of stressor attacks the body. So, in um, in any case, like flu, cold, you name it, a type one diabetic in particular, sometimes a type two probably will will see their blood sugars rise over time, um, and no, with no idea why. It could be an infection, it could be an illness, um, and so the reason like COVID is very scary is because they don't know how to treat it and or, or the way they are treating it is with like steroids so like um you know a lot of people get cortisone shots so a cortisone shot is is a steroid and it's used to help um you know, you know reduce inflammation in, in an injured area that screws up a diabetic's blood sugars you know and it's, mm. but it's but it's temporary Right. It's, it's, it screws it up where they, they have trouble getting it down below a certain number. And over a long period of time, if those numbers don't come down, then the then it starts to screw up all the organs in the body. Because they run on they need that they need the energy and they need the sugar to be released. And so before long it, it, certain organs will start shutting down. Like um over the one of the um the long-term complications for a diabetic is, is, is organ failure, kidneys, um, heart disease. Actually, it's, sometimes is the death is the cause of death for some diabetics. Because again, it's the same thing. Like over a long period of time, higher blood sugars they start to affect the organs a little differently. So I think with with COVID now, um, I don't know if we're more susceptible to getting COVID uh, per se, even though we have a weaker immune system. Once we once a diabetic gets it, the care of the COVID is important because if they're going into the hospital. And the treatment right now is for COVID is those steroids. That's going to increase their blood sugars. Right. And if they don't get the right care from from a diabetes perspective, like controlling the blood sugars, then you run into some complications because you basically need to get those numbers down. And I think that's the scary part. 
you know that it, it, that's so well explained because it's 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 similar to the cortisol response, uh, which is a stress hormone that right. under under acute and then chronic stress, one of the things the body does is suppress insulin in the rest of the body, so the brain can get a little bit more sugar and a little bit more energy, and that does and the you know stress put people at risk for type two diabetes, yeah. but it's the same sort of mechanism. So that's really interesting. Um, it's it just so, I mean, I, I, I talked to my um, diabetes educator, you know, way back. I think I went back to see her and it might've been, might've been, I can't remember when, when doctor's office started seeing patients again, June or July. And we talked about it and, you know, um, she tried not to be too bleak about it, but I, I, my plan was to uh, make sure that my my wife and um, knew what the best course of action would be. Should I, you know, should I have to have it bad enough where I go to the hospital? Is to, you know, contact my immediate care team. You know, that's my my endocrinologist at Jocelyn, my diabetes educator at Social Medical, my doctor at Social Medical. Just because if I can, I can imagine going into the hospital and you have. A random doctor is caring for you and trying to do whatever they can to keep you um, healthy. But if they don't know your history, um, who knows what will happen? So I talked to my educator. I talked to my wife. I said, you know, th these are the people that need to be contacted if if I get sick. Like they need to be, you know. And I know South Shore Hospital and South Shore Health are all the same thing. So the likelihood of them being involved was probably higher anyway. But that's that's really all I can do is you can make sure your team is the is is getting contacted. So. We were talking about the COVID and the fact that the information out there is that it's very risky to be a diabetic right now because of the COVID. But what Tyson kind of cleared up for me at least was more of not that it's dangerous and I'm going to receive it because I have this condition, but the treatments are challenged right. because of the steroid use. So my right. question is, if, if you were to go into your local hospital and all your team of doctors that you were talking about are around you, how are they treating somebody that has diabetes? Hmm. Well, so, so um, in, in, in conjunction with getting, getting insulin to bring your sugars down, the other thing is, is going into T DKA, which is um, diabetic ketoacidosis. And that's when the, the function of the body can go in haywire. And that's, a, that's also a balance of, of fluids, electrolytes, and, and whatnot. And so that can be difficult with getting, getting make sure you get enough fluids so, you, so you're not in DKA. If you are, it's not for very long. So I, I think what would happen, like DKA can, can, uh, can, be, can happen at any time. You know, without, if I don't get enough insulin or if like something happens to my, my pump site, and without my knowledge, then all of a sudden I'll, I'll you kind of feel it, and that's where you get ketones. But as you get, you get when you get sick, it can happen as well. Like I could get DKA with the flu. You know what I mean? The same, the same complications from COVID, I think could also happen with the flu if it doesn't get handled correctly. You know that that means like the flu. I could get DKA. I could go into DKA from the flu, but not taking care of myself, not getting the electrolytes, not getting the fluids. And then go to the hospital, and then and then if it doesn't, you know, right itself, then I could be in trouble. Um, I think with the with the with COVID, because I believe the treatments are are steroid based, it's gonna like I said earlier, it's going to bring your blood sugars up 
even more so because it's a steroid and it keeps it up for a long period of time because it's basically a steroid. So it's a, it's inflaming the system. So it has to be dealt with with the insulin, but also the right the right amount of fluids. You know, um, so it's so it's, are they are they still treating it the same way and just trying to counteract the steroid effect to a diabetic, or are they trying to move away from steroids and maybe try something different? Um, I don't know that much, to be honest with you. I mean, if if they're if the patient is is going in with COVID and they know that steroids are combating the COVID symptoms, if it's a respiratory issue, then they're probably going to have to you still use that to heal the person with COVID and then hope that they can manage their their diabetes, like their blood sugars. Now, now, when I was, the, the stuff I sent you, this is, this is uh, the worst case scenario is that you have a diabetic that's not taking care of themselves, just like any illness and any infection. Right. Uh, a diabetic that's not doing well for themselves, taking care of or not managing their disease well, um, is going to be at high risk, just like anybody that's you know got an obesity problem. So it comes a lot. It comes down to a lot of what people are doing to to manage their their disease. Um, but with diabetes, you know things could change in an instant. So you could be taking very good care of yourself, and then all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't matter what you've done; it'll still come back to you. Um, so it's probably a it's a very difficult thing to manage. Try to beat the COVID, but also make sure that your blood sugars don't get out of whack. Yeah. You know, I'm mean, part of a lot of Facebook groups, and um, you know, the the big question has been for the last seven months. You know, I'm a you know, it's so these I'm I'm part of like five or six diabetes groups, anywhere from you know our, our pump products all the way to just you know venting, whether you're a, a diabetic or you're a diabetic athlete or you're a parent of a diabetic, and I've it's been a, it's been all over the place. Like people's symptoms are are different, just like you know everybody else. Uh, and their reaction is is different as far as their their diabetes um, being taken care of. Very interesting. Are people worried that that they won't be able to get insulin? Um, I mean, at the hospital? No, just in general. In general. Because, well, that's that's always worried. Yeah, I mean, that's always a worry. That, that's a worry just from you know without COVID. You know, people are are, are having trouble getting insulin or they at cost. You know, they have actually there's a there was a guy. Um, he, I think he lives in, um, I don't know, maybe Pennsylvania, but he's he was taking advantage of a program through Eli Lilly, and he and he found out that it was it, the program only it had like a uh, a cap, so he was struggling to find out what he was going to do for the next two months as far as getting insulin was, was concerned. So the the insulin problem is the same as it was pre-COVID. Um, wow. But I think I think you're asking are you asking like as far as. Um, the production of of diabetes pro- products right i mean, I mean you know, there was this concern you couldn't get certain products in the united states i mean what about for diabetes control so that's always that, that was a concern as well but i i never had any production issues um i think a lot of the products are made outside too uh, there was there was more of a concern with some of my pump supplies because they were uh they had it was the philippines i think Mm. Yeah, um, a factor in the field shut things down for a while. So this it's always a concern there, but I had no interruption and I didn't see anybody anyone having interruptions with um, any supplies. Okay. So that, that's really important. So yeah. uh, there's there's a terrific site that you sent us, right, for the American Diabetes Association that um, is about 
frequently asked questions about diabetes and COVID-19. So anybody is out there, you might want to go and check out that site. It's really, really um, very informative. I, I wonder whether we could just back up a little bit more because there may be some people who don't really know how diabetes is caused. I mean, we, we people hear about the name, they know what diabetes is, they know that's something do with sugar but yeah. can you just give a quick explanation for our listeners about what is diabetes yeah so diabetes is um it is a autoimmune disease um at the end of the day um there's there's two types essentially but there's many it's much more than that but there's two types type one and type two generally speaking type one is your insulin dependent um, where your body basically doesn't make any of the insulin and the insulin breaks down uh, blood sugar uh blood sugar <laughs> So, where is insulin made in the body? Uh, so insulin is made in the pancreas. Um, your pancreas has other um, jobs as well, but it's made in the pancreas. And and what happens uh, for a type one especially is the the body has auto antibodies, auto antibodies. Yes, and they attack the good stuff. So we all know antibodies are good, right? They're the ones that are fighting off things. And but the, our bodies have autoantibodies which attacking the good stuff so that essentially stop the production of insulin um type 2 diabetes is generally uh, folks that are um they may they may be insulin in de uh, insulin dependent they may be um lifestyle change they may be on on different types of medicines um but essentially uh it used to be that type 1 was genetic um, both both diseases, both type one and type two, are, are genetic, but not everyone that has it is is getting it from their genes. Like I didn't have it in my family, but my mm. my grandmother had thyroid issue, which when I was diagnosed in 2001, they didn't think it was connected. But I think right now they're saying it's. I mean, it's part of the the endocrine system, so it's very possible that her thyroid issue is somehow connected. Interesting. Um, yeah, so you know, type one diabetes—it's not anything that you did that that brought it on. Um, it's it's not that you know. I, now, don't get me wrong—I had my fair share of sweets as a kid. That's how I got the weight I am. But it had nothing to do with me being diagnosed with type one diabetes. I was a college athlete at the time, um, and so you know, it's just—it's um, it's still learning a lot. I mean, it—it's this—they're doing the research like we. The Dr. Faustman is uh, at Mass General. That's who we donate to. She is trying to use a vaccine that was used for tuberculosis to uh, what, she, what she says is like put dirt back into the system, like into your body to try to, you know, try to create more antibodies that would maybe, maybe they'll fight each other. But she's basically trying to kickstart their pancreas again. Interesting. Um, and I just yeah. want people to understand that. So the insulin is made in cells in the pancreas. Yes. But what is so important about insulin? So insulin, like, is a, it's like a it's like a key to your cell. So so insulin. So you have a cell, and the insulin kind of lets the um, the nutrients get into the cell. And without it, it's like it's locked. So the insulin kind of acts as a key and opens up the cell to get the to get the blood sugar. Otherwise, the blood sugar just kind of floats around in the system. It has nowhere to go, and then it start, and then it would be blood sugar stays. Um, floating around, then you start to have some 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 of the symptoms of diabetes. And and uh, in part, that's because all our cells need blood sugar, and if they don't get it, what happens if you don't get food? Right, right? you begin yeah. to die. And, and the small blood vessels 
in the periphery of your body may die first, but those right. blood vessels are supplying nerves. And so that's, that's why it's so important to keep your blood that's sugar good. controlled. Right. Some of the complications start with neuropathy of the feet and then you get, then it's the eye and it's, yeah, you're right. It's all the, it's all those little blood vessels. They start there and they work their way towards the, the major organs. Right. So imagine if, if you can't feel your foot, you know, or, or your toe and it gets cut and you won't know, right. you don't know that it's cut. Yep. And the bacteria says, okay, there's an IM that I can exploit. Yep. And it goes in. And the next thing you may know is you may have a serious infection and you may right. lose a toe. So Actually, when I was diagnosed, I probably mentioned this on another, on another show, I was diagnosed at, at UMass. So I was at the Cooley Dickinson Hobbs Hospital. I'll never forget. I was roomed. Now, I'm not kidding you. This is like the night after I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. I was put into a room with a type 2 diabetic, an older gentleman. Um, I can't remember how old he was, but he was going to get his foot, his, uh, I think it was his toe, actually. He was getting his toe amputated because of his blood sugars. So I was like, oh, this yeah. is a great introduction to, to diabetes. Just diagnosed yeah. with type 1, and here I'm sitting with a guy, type 2 diabetic, who's getting his toe cut off because he, he had an infection. It's like, oh. Yeah. I should probably take care of myself. I, I just want to read something to you, okay? This is off a, off a website, and it's, it says, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you have given our family. To see a team of family and friends come together to support our daughter has given us strength. And to do this in such a fun way, challenging our physical strength and endurance on your course has a unique irony to it, as she has had to have strength and endurance every day to live with her disease that was aubrey mother of one of our renegades ah. we're going to be talking about renegade run and a, yeah that is a, a very um yeah it's a gut-wrenching uh, story so it, it, powerful yeah so so tyson i i want to spend the rest of the show talking about renegade run and i want people to really understand the power of this and how they can get involved themselves Go ahead. Let's hear. Thanks again for letting me talk about it. You know, it's uh, we all know 2020 has been a little bit of a challenge, and um, unfortunately, with our event, as you just said, to quote that mother, um, the event itself is different in the respect that we get all these people together, um, and we have a great party. Like the event itself, the race, the run, the obstacles—it's all very challenging, but the. The love of it is you're around a thousand people, two thousand people after the race. You know you're partying up, and and to what this woman was saying is that her daughter is a type one diabetic. Okay, type one diabetics usually keep to themselves. Um, they don't announce to the world that they're diabetic. Um, I myself, I was a little bit more um, talkative about it. Uh, my daughter, she's only eight, so she, but she's very shy about it. And I think there's a lot of diabetics that are shy about it because we're different, right? So what she was getting to is that her daughter's going to the event and she's seeing all, all, all these people are here for, for me, for diabetes. You know, there's, and she's surrounded by diabetic children. She's surrounded by diabetic adults. She's, she's surrounded by caregivers of diabetics. Um, it, the event really grew into... A, a diabetes run. At first, I would say it was probably just more of a run that people were trying to find obstacle races or something different. That's how it started. But then it kind of grew into, you know, we're here for diabetes. We're here to support, you know, this family member or this loved one. 
So it's very empowering to be in that situation. You're, you're just like everybody else, and even more so, you know, I mean, de depending on your age, you know, it's like, oh my God, these people are here for what I have. You know, I'm not so different. And that's what really what it's all about. So the unfortunate thing about COVID is that we can't, we can't have that experience and, and people loved it, you know? Um, but because we wanted to continue to, to reach folks, um, we decided that we were going to go virtual. This is, we had a side back in June because we start working on Renegade Run like that early, like May, April, May, June. We really, we start to get the sponsors. We start to, you know, we have to start looking for companies that will volunteer. The, the whole nine, it takes a long time. So we said, you know what, we're going to have to commit. And we were thinking, well, if we're lucky enough, we'll even be able to have an event in October. But even if we could, how many people are going to go to this? You know, as we were saying, diabetics are at a higher risk of, of greater complications. So are we going to have these families that want to go and be around this many people? And that's what it's all about. And we said, you know what, it's, it's too risky. Um, you know, we want it to be successful. So we decided to move forward with the, with the virtual. And it's been great. Um, as I was saying on the breaks, we have uh, a reach that's much greater than our immediate area, you know, Southeast Massachusetts. We're, we're beyond that. We're Texas, California, Utah, Australia, the Netherlands. Um, so it's, uh, it's very uh, satisfying to, to see our brand and our, our reach getting out there. Um, you know, we've got uh, hundreds of people that are doing it virtually. Um, it's still going on for another two weeks. Uh, any other year, we would actually be doing the event this Sunday. But, but what? So, but yeah, let's, it was, let's back up a little bit, Tyson. Renegade yep. Run, what? Yep. What is it? Because you've been doing it for a while, but I think a lot of people have never heard of it. So, what is Renegade Run? Okay. Yeah. So, those that have never heard of it, I apologize if you haven't. That's unfortunate. It um, is unfortunate. So, this I'm going to hear about it now. Yes, that's right. Um, and it's funny, Mark, if you remember last year, and Tom, I think you were there, I'm pretty sure Dr. Joe said he was going to be there this year. Oh. It's unfortunate how that worked out for you. Uh, yeah. That's this <laughs> Sunday, Dr. Joe. Are you ready? I'll meet you in Wampatuck. We'll go through the course. It'll be awesome. So anyway, so no? this is our ninth year. Um, yeah, no, he's ghosting you, man. Um, <laughs> so we, we had the previous eight years, um, it's it's a four mile run with obstacles. And just like, you know, Aubrey said, the, the, the obstacles that a diabetic faces, the challenge that we face every single day, it's a, it's different for everything. So we wanted to have, you know, kind of be one of those things like, Oh, you know, diabetics have all these obstacles. So let's, let's beat them. So Brilliant. We, had, we had the first year we had like 10 obstacles and it ended up only being a three mile race. That was way back in 2012. So we're, We'll be on. Yep. I liked that one the best, by the way. They're yeah, hard. They short, yeah, short and made it sound like you ran like an eight-minute mile. They're really, really hard, Dr. Joe, but not so hard that you shouldn't try to do it. And it's such right. a cool, it's such a cool community too. So like if you have to run around one of the obstacles, no one's gonna like throw dirt at you and say you're cheating. You know, it's just yeah. it's a very cool community. And you really push yourself. And the best part, Tyson, um, I want to share is as you're going around the course, there's signs everywhere. The ones that make you cry signs, you know, yeah. it's, it's done really, really well. I can't wait to do it again next year. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We, we put up signs that are um, any, anywhere from 
diabetes facts all the way to you know your to feel you um, to make you feel empowered, um, and we we take a lot of pride in that. And um, it's yeah, we went from ten obstacles all the way up to I think last year we had almost thirty, um, but always on a full mile course. And like you said, Mark, it's not like a, a regular mud run where if you don't do an obstacle, like you get you get punished. Like we do have a heat for that. We used to have a heat where the competitive runners would. They go out fast, and if they skip an obstacle, they have to do burpees. Um, it was—it's more of a—it's a family event. It's not, and it's not like anything else you'd see there. It's not just a, like a 5K family event. It's a—it's a little bit more challenging as it's longer, but it's it's those obstacles. So, we created that event just wanted to be unique to anything else that was around there. Um, but because we can't be there in person, we created this virtual run, and we did it. We wanted to be keep it at four miles. Again, you can, you know, anyone can go and walk or run a 5K. That's traditional, but we wanted to keep it to our four-mile course. But to make it even more unique than your regular virtual run, we added obstacles or challenges, you know, they're um, exercises, bodyweight exercises that you can go in to, to kind of place of your, you know, your tunnel crawl or your monkey bars. Instead of doing those, you could stop and you would do 20 air squats or, you know, 20 tuck jumps or um, 20 sit-ups or 20 push-ups. We wanted to do 20, 20, so 20 obstacles, 20 repetitions for the year. And you can get this, how do you, how do you sign up and is it an app on your phone? Like, how do you actually compete if you want to participate or, or compete or just participate and sponsor yeah. and all that? How do you do that? Great question, Mark. Um, so we have on our website, you can register just like you always could. Um, we, we go through active, um, all the information is on the website. What's not on the website are the, are the challenges. So what you do is you, you register and there's a, a couple different categories. Um, there's the cheapest one, um, which we don't, um, we, we don't want to promote that one. It's a $25, you basically, it's basically a donation, but you get um, an email uh, after you register it, it, it tells you all the, the, the exercises, the obstacles. And then you get, um, the, the next one up is $40 and that is your, your run with a race packet, meaning you get an awesome t-shirt and you get the medal. Um, and then you get some stuff from, from our sponsors. Then the next one up was, uh, again, we love the word unique. We wanted to create uh, an environment for our hometown folks folks that have been around and they've come to the event like you were talking about you go to Wampatuck so for an extra couple dollars you get an interactive map now I created um, we created a map in Wampatuck and a map in Bear Cove it's a four mile route and you people can actually download the map into a, an app called All Trails that I, I've been using for years um, it's, it's a great app if you like to go hiking and I still create a map and people can download it and save it and they can actually run the course and follow themselves along the trail. So you know, some people love getting lost, but this one, if you get lost, you can look back and you can find your way back to the map and then get around. Um, on top of that, I made, I did a little bit of extra work and I put up little signs um, that I'm not sure the parks know about, but I put up little signs, there are arrows. <laughs> now this was, to get, this was the beginning, this was the middle of September. So we're looking at, it's been up there for a month. So. The chances of the signs being there is slim, but they could be. Hopefully right. they're not turned around so you go the other way. Oh, like Jurassic Park. What's that? Like Jurassic Park when uh, Nedry crashes into the sign. Oh, yeah. The docks. Yeah. Yep. We hope it's not like that. 
So, so because it's virtual, is that and 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 instead of the obstacles, there are these strength-based exercises. Yep. That why you're able to get people from literally all over the world signing up for this? Yeah, you know, it has all to do with marketing. If we basically want to put it out there, like you're you're doing this, and we we're people need to know what the organization is about before they commit to spending this money because anyone can walk outside and run, right? So you, we are promoting what we do as a company, which is, you know, type one diabetes cure. Like we, the, the, you mentioned the American Diabetes Association. They're great to, for sharing information. Um, they do a bunch of different things. Great. We, as a, we're a small nonprofit, but we are focused strictly on donating towards this cure in Boston, the Mass General, Dr. Faustman. We donate our funds to that. And we also have a fund, um, the type one cares campaign that gives money to you know people that need it, you know financial help for people that need it for for supplies. So we're very um, very typical of what we what we go for. So we need to promote that, and then people will people will run for you. Um, so it's uh, it's marketing. We market ourselves you know nationwide instead of just usually we market ourselves just in you know the 60 miles close to Hingham because people would have to come to the event to enjoy it, but now they can do it anywhere and they can do it anytime. So this is a month long event to, to create. So, so the excuse is out of the window of, oh, I don't have time. Oh, my kids got football. Oh, my kids got basketball. <laughs> Dude, you have seven days a week for five weeks to just go out and walk and run yeah. four miles. You can go out, even if you go out <laughs> and go with your dog. So as you know, I, Mark will tell you when, when I was, when he was in boot camp and I'm still teaching, I've, I, I, I love, to kind of ixnay any excuse that people have. And trust me, in 13 years of teaching boot camp, I've heard it all. So this is like the same thing. No, there's no excuse. You know, if you like the, what we're doing as a company, just, you know, sign up in some way and do it. And cause you know, the money that you're donating is going towards the right place. The website is www.type1renegaderun.com. Now that's the one is the word. So T Y P E O N E renegade run.com. Um, there you can find all the information about who we donate to, how to register for the virtual run, um, past years, pictures, um, how to donate. You know, we have, we have some people that are doing campaigns. Um, and it just, it, you know, like I said, it's a, not only do we donate to Dr. Faustman, who, um, Dr. Joe, you were talking, maybe we can get her on the show sometime. Um, but we also be great. Tell us about our, our campaign, our type one cares campaign for folks that, um, that can't afford, uh, either care or supplies or sometimes actually, we, we actually do send kids to type one camps. Unfortunately that went out the window this year, but, um, we do send kids to type one camps that are, uh, local, um, the Jocelyn, the Barton center for, um, for girls. And then there's a Jocelyn camp for boys. Clara Barton. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so great, and I love the stories that you were telling about when when people were able to do this, not virtually, but but in reality, and the the sense of community and the sense of destigmatization for for a kid to be around all these other people. But it's not just it's not just the people with the diabetes; it's their families, it's their friends, it's yep. all these other people that that are affected by that. Yeah. You know, it's it's um, it's similar not to bring up COVID again, but think about if someone you know gets diagnosed with COVID, um, comes out with COVID, and they're a, an immediate contact. It it spreads from there, right? It's the same idea. So, like, 
I'm diabetic. My daughter's diabetic. There's so many people involved. Like all my all my clients, uh, I, 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 include, I include them in, so they don't see me randomly looking at um, you know what looks to be a pager. Um, and you've got um, the, the school teachers, the school nurse for my daughter. Um, you've got just your immediate family. You've got you know friends. It, it, it spreads. It's just like like your contact tracing for COVID. A, di a diabetic is it's not it affects more just than just the patient. It's it's everyone that comes in contact with them. Yeah. Uh, and the concern is when uh, especially teenagers that they don't include the people that they are in contact with. And you get they kind of hibernate. And the, what we're trying to do in to to the people that are, for the kids that are involved with with uh, the run, we're trying to get them to be confident in their disease saying it's not a bad it's not bad like you can tell people that you have diabetes it's not you have to educate them and it's not contagious you know what i mean um so that's one of the things we pride ourselves on it's just it's just it's confidence in that child to not only manage their disease but to say hey yeah here's my insulin pump yep i'm diabetic right that's what it comes down to have you found the teenagers uh who deny that they have it that because i certainly have seen this in in my world in psychiatry some kids who just won't take their insulin um i think there's uh there's definitely t the teenage years where you can experience diabetic burnout um and i'm not saying that it wouldn't happen at a younger age or an older age you have that but i think with teenagers there's so many hormones you got the diabetes burnout you got hormones you've got um you've got people that the kids that just want to be normal um so uh, it's it really depends on how they how they've experienced it you know you've got kids and you, some kids are diagnosed at 13 14 and at that point it's like uh like now nah, i'm just trying i'm doing whatever i can to be normal so they want to deny it so they can just the pretend it's it's not really there just just because it's it just because it means they're they're different doesn't mean they're denying the fact that you know they need the insulin they're denying the fact that they need to be different Right. And that goes, that comes down to feeling confident. And, and for you, Tyson, I mean, you've, you've been managing this, you say since college, but since yeah. your early twenties, what, what has been one of the greatest challenges for you? Um, as a patient or as a caregiver, because well, as, a, as, a, as you see, as a psychiatrist, I, I, I get to leave it open-ended. So, so you get to answer um, any way you want. <laughs> good night. Who was that? That was my son going to bed. Oh, son. Um, so, so as a as a patient, um, I'd say the greatest challenge has been concerned about um, insurance. Um, you know, luckily, I've been working my butt off at the Y for many years, so I'm I'm covered. Um, if without insurance, you know, I, I don't know where we'd be. Um, as a caregiver, the whole disease stinks for me. You know, um, when when Elise was diagnosed three years ago, we just celebrated three years, actually two days ago. Um, I had never hated the disease until then, and I mentioned that when I was on the show with you. It's uh, it's still very emotional. Yeah. Um, she's the reason that we want a cure. Now, not not I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about her. I don't want her growing up um, and having to worry about that. You know, having to worry about you know insurance, having to worry about getting too much and not enough insulin. So that's been my greatest challenge is dealing with 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 her having it. Um, so that's that's my new motivation. She's how old now? 
Uh, she just she's eight. She's eight and a half. So, so, so the renegade run co coincides with your daughter. It's because it, it's this is the ninth anniversary. Yeah. Well, so um, she was diagnosed when she was five, and uh, up, okay. into that, up into that point, right. um, the the type one run was. I mean, the renegade run was about just the the, the disease. Like you know, uh, Paul and I got together because we wanted to cure it for me. <sighs> Uh, and then in 2017, um, it was, I think, 10 days before the race that year. So the race was on Friday the 13th. Imagine that, like, geez, Friday the 13th is all that bad luck stuff. That's when we were in the hospital for the weekend. She was diagnosed right before the race. Um, so that has been my driver since then not not to say we weren't driven before but now that's that's what it's all about yeah so it all changed you had this great ambition this great run this great purpose and then it got greater mm. yeah exactly you know but um just to reiterate the answer to your question dr joe it's a it's a different disease when you're a caregiver um and it's different than you are when you are just the patient. Because as a patient, you just try to stay alive. You know, you do whatever you can to stay alive. But as a caregiver, it's like you do whatever you can to make sure that, you know, your child is, is well and that you see an end to it. Because it, it's debilitating. So, uh, I mean, that, that opens a whole nother area. And of course, we're going to have a couple of minutes. But... You know, if, if we know that stress increases cortisol, which can make your blood sugar go up, how do you manage this? The stress of being a caregiver, but also having type 1 diabetes. This gets to our two questions. So uh, the first thing with the IM, small changes have big effects. And I'm wondering whether you could give some advice to our listeners because there's a lot of stress out there. Right. What small change can they make um, so that they can think, survive this? Yeah. Well, this, this it, it might be big for some people, but I think a small change that people have to really think about um, their their own health first. You know, you know, when you go on an airplane, which was so long ago for a lot of people, they tell you to put your mask on first. So for to care for someone else. Um, you have to be able to take care of yourself first. And it it may seem big, but it's really small. Like, you know, um, and I I can tell you, uh, dealing with Elise, like I sometimes I care for her more than myself as far as the numbers are concerned. But I would say that's a, that's a small step. It's just think, and it's before they even execute it, just think about it first. Like think about you, you first. Like you can't be well for anybody else. You can't be... Um, you can't make progress until you start to think from your, like from your side, like I have to do this because you can't perform, um, a task if you're, if you're not mentally there. Yeah. And it's not being selfish folks, right? It, it's just the opposite. You know, you take care of yourself so you can care for others, yep. which leads to the second truth of the I am. Because everyone's interconnected and everyone's interested in what you think or feel about them, which has an effect on their biological domain, you control no one, you influence everyone. You get to choose the kind of influence you want to be. Tyson Sonnenberg, what kind of influences 
do you want to be? Um, I have always strived to stay positive um, about everything and surround myself with people that have the same thoughts. Um, you know, I have, um, I, I know that being negative, it weighs on you. It's much more energy to be negative than just to be positive. Um, and you know, we've got, we've got one life to live and if you continue to take steps backwards, it's going to be a much bigger leap forward to, to make that step. And um, I've never been anyone that's been afraid to um, to try things out because what's the worst case? Like you know, when, back in high school, when you're trying to get a date, what's you gonna what's you gonna do? Say no? Big deal. Big deal. You have to try to make that to make that positive approach. Um, it does you no good to just assume the worst. Um, you have to you have to hope for the best. Well, I think that's an incredible ending message. Renegade Run, folks, please go check it out. Let's help you folks with Captain Fetter. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for coming here. Folks, we'll see you next week on the Dr. Joe Show. Thank you.